following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. feel like we're the only ones who aren't on vacation today. I know, right? Whoever is in charge of cleaning up accidents on the interstate has to be on vacation. Because I was just on my way over here and it's still bad. I know. It that was, was at 9 in the morning. Yeah, it's a disaster. It's horrible. Well, that's I've never probably... seen a line of 20 semis down right road. Yeah. Well, my grandpa had to go. was supposed to go to Edgerton for physical therapy and he couldn't oh. even get there. I mean, it was ridiculous. Like they got back roads and so fifty-one was backed up. Fourteen, 14. the cops I mean, were all over every intersection along Highway fourteen. Yeah, everyone directing traffic. They didn't even bother. Anyway, glad there was no challenge getting here for this edition of the Intentional Follow the NBA Finals edition. We weren't here last week because I was really afraid you were catatonic. You were just like, I don't even want to deal with this. Yeah, I wasn't in a good place last (laughs) Wednesday, I think it was. Yeah, I just... I was, And I was ready to go, and you're like, no. No. I'm out. I I had nothing. Yeah. I had nothing. Nothing left. No. You were beat down. Thought it was over. I mean, I thought for... I I don't think I was the only one. No. No, but, I mean, you're the only guy that I know that is... You know, invested in, yeah. in 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 the Bucks as much, and then you you know you take one like that with the injury and all that stuff, and then the future is not glowing, and then you're just like that's one of those things where you go and you you're like Kevin McAllister, and you hide under the bed and you don't want to come out when the robbers are knocking at your door. Yeah, you just you know I'm I'm not even I'm I'm no pretty much nope. <laughs> well, I'm glad you have emerged because life is good right now, at least for Bucks fans and for sports fans in the state of Wisconsin. We'll uh, go basketball heavy on the NBA Finals, obviously, um, and talk about uh, the Red Hot preview. Brewers. No kidding. 2 nothing lost to the Pirates on Sunday, but that's okay. They start a series with the Mets, they got the Reds, and then it's the All-Star break, and I was trying to tell some people on Saturday when they were like, well... Why is game three on Sunday and game four is not until Wednesday? It's All-Star Week. Mm. You, you're not going to go up against the Home Run Derby, and you're right. not going to go up against the All-Star Game. Right. And they're like, well, people who I think would watch the fight, like they don't want to give people a choice, Well, though. it's about the networks. Right. You, you want know, all e- the e- attention. ESPN's going to have all that yeah. baseball stuff, and they they're don't also split. doing the finals. Yeah. So. They don't want to split attention and right. do all that stuff. So, um, yeah. We're gonna have all the games on CLO. I'm 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 actually excited. I'm happy for Ted Davis. I'm happy for guys like you, like I said. And uh, we got a golf match on Tuesday that we're gonna talk about. And then just one Olympic note as uh, that does it start at the end of July? Or Usually August. it's August, I think. Okay. But I I haven't really paid attention. It's going to be borderline much. unwatchable, but we'll get into that, okay. So. All right, excellent. So we'll start with obviously the Bucks hashtag in six as most people said that the series was going to be. Um, And I will basically just let you roll through, and I'll jump in where I can, uh, because I watched every minute of that game on Saturday. And that's as most... I I couldn't tell you the last time I watched a tip-to-buzzer NBA game. Mm -hmm. I I don't know. Even in my childhood when Jordan was on, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're with a bunch of... 
Bucks fan, somebody who is, um, you know, invested in the team as far as work is concerned. So, I mean, there was there was some interest and there were some drinks, which helped as well. And it was uh, it was a fun atmosphere, and I I imagine that you felt the same. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, we haven't been on in a couple of weeks, so we'll we'll right. backtrack a little okay. bit. I'll just run through the series quick. Um, you know, it was one to one going back to Atlanta for Game Three, and you know, as the Bucks have kind of done throughout the playoffs here, you don't really, they've been a little Jekyll and Hyde. You don't really know which Buck team you're going to get on, on any given night. And in game three, they came out and were pretty shitty for the first <laughs> two-plus quarters of that game until Middleton went off. Um, I think he scored 20 points in the third quarter yes, alone, yep. in Game Three, and the Bucks were able to pull that one out. It was also the game Trey Young goes down with a one of the weirder injuries you'll ever see, where he steps on a referee's foot. He actually stepped backwards yeah. onto his foot. Like well, he it was almost plant. it was like a track guy without no yeah. without any blocks behind him. Yes, you know, you get that you step back to kind of push off yep. to get it to get a good uh, run and right start onto the official's foot. So that happens. So then you go into Game Four. And you're kind of thinking, well, God, if if they win tonight, it's over. It's three. It'd be three one bucks with Trey Young on the on the sideline. He didn't play game four, and then again they come out and they just have an awful first half. I think they scored like thirty eight points. Then the second half starts in the first three or four minutes. Giannis is dominating, and you're like, okay, here's the run we've been waiting for. And then with about eight minutes to go in the third quarter, um, Giannis hyper extends his knee. In a play that, you know, I told one of my buddies, thank God that dude's made out of rubber. Because most people that have that injury, um, you tear something. Mm-hmm. Um, and and fortunately for all of us Buck fans in the Bucks, but especially Giannis, um, no structural damage because, you know, you're talking, we're already into July. You know, if he had torn an ACL or an MCL, you're talking – eight, nine-month recovery period, that takes you into, like, next February, March area. I was just going to say, you're missing most of the season. Yeah, you're missing most of weeks, it, for sure. And, maybe you, you know, come back. I mean, you're probably coming back to a team that's going to be bottom half of the playoff roster in the mm-hmm. East if that would happen. So they dodge a huge bullet, unfortunately lose the game. They end up getting blown out because I, I think – doesn't that just? I think it shell shocked right? those guys. I yeah. think it was like we're you're, we're playing bad. Okay, we're starting to figure it out here, and now our our best guy, our leader, might be done. You're just immobilized. Just watch guys run back and forth. Like I don't know what's happening. Yeah, I mean, and and then a couple guys for Atlanta got hot. They just started throwing in threes, and it snowballed very quickly. So that leads you back to game five at home, two to two, and I I felt pretty good about them winning game five just because it's at home because it was at home <clears throat> they had been they had been playing um you know the only loss they had at home all playoffs so far was the game one against the Hawks when Trey Young kind of went crazy uh, but game five will forever be known as the Brooke Lopez Bobby Portis game um Lopez it was a throwback performance for Brooke um, they put him in the post and he went to work. And I think he ended up with 33 points. Uh, Bobby Portis started in place of Giannis and had like 20 and 10. He was great. 
Um, the crowd was loving it. He was he, a lot of energy out of him. And then finally, you got a you got a really really good Drew Holiday game. Um, you know, I think Lopez made fourteen baskets. I think Holiday assisted on like seven or eight of them. Was this the game where they had twenty or four guys with twenty two yeah. points or more? Yep. Yeah, yep. So really, uh. A nice balanced effort that really kind of showed you that, yeah, as great as Giannis is, we've got some balance um, in, in a in a pickle where where we can win a game like that. Um, I was not very confident going into Game Six. I figured Trey Young would play. I was a little surprised he didn't play Game Five, to be honest. Um, but he plays coming back for Game Six. You're on the road. The Hawks have been really good at home. And your starts on the road have been bad. You've constantly are getting behind double digits in the first quarter, which, you know, a lot of people would say, well, that, you know, there's so much game left. You can come back from that. It's like, well, yeah, but it's the playoffs, man. And the rotations get shorter. You're not, you're not having the opportunity against the second stringers as much to cut into these leads. But the Bucks finally came out and they started hot. They didn't trail. I don't think, nope, did they? Nope. No, they yeah. led the whole game. Atlanta was in catch-up mode, and you could tell early in the third quarter that it was going to be a wrap. Um, I think it could have been worse. I think so. Atlanta made a little flurry in the fourth quarter to kind of, I think they cut it to six at one point with about three, four minutes left in the game, but uh, everybody contributed. I mean, Tucker had double-digit rebounds. Connaughton came in and played well. Jeff Teague comes in and buries three threes. When he had given you basically nothing the entire series, um, you know Middleton has the monster quarter again. Where he has twenty three in the third. Holiday was a rebound and assist short of a triple double. Lopez was good again. Portis was good again. Um, so that was a lot of fun to watch, man. On on Saturday night, I was very intoxicated. <laughs> Um, was not nearly as excited as I probably would have been because by the time that game ended, I was in to like my 13th hour of drinking beer. Um, but, uh, it was great, man. I, you know, I, I put out on Twitter. Yeah. I never really thought that I would see it. Uh, the bucks making the finals. Um, and I'll get into that in a minute. I got a couple of interesting numbers and stuff to run through, but It's just something in the NBA. I think the NBA is the hardest league to win a title in of the big three because you have to have the star of stars. You can win a World Series with not the best players in the league. We've seen it. You can certainly get there without them, as we saw last year with Tampa Bay. Um, And even in football, like you can be 9-7 and and win the title in football. We've seen that a couple times with the Giants. Fifth or sixth seed. Yeah. You know, the Packers Packers were a sixth seed the year they won the title. So it's not, you don't necessarily have to be the best or even have the best guy in football to win. In basketball, you got to have a superstar to get there. Um, We've had it with Giannis. I wasn't sure if he was going to be able to get him over the top. And then, as weird as it, may seem him going out and they still end up getting over the top without him. So um, I don't know, man. It's just, it's pretty exciting. How would you characterize this? Trying to think of the right way to frame it. Like as a small market team that the Bucks are, does this now give... Uh, other teams of uh, similar market size, 
no more excuses to be like, well, we're a small market team. We can't do that. No. I mean, that's all gone, isn't it? No, it's not all gone. It's not all gone. No, because you have to have a star. You know, I mean, if you're Charlotte. But, I mean, it it allows you to say, well, why can't we go get a star? Well, you have to, well, you have to draft You got to get lucky in in one and then then keep them around. You know, like, like, take Charlotte. If LaMelo Ball becomes Trey Young, uh, Damian Lillard, Steph Curry level guy, well, now you got a shot. You're never going to get a star in Charlotte or Sacramento um, or probably Oklahoma City again unless you draft them. They're just, you're not going to sign anybody. And to be able to pull off a trade for one of those guys where they're going to commit to you for more than a year or two is virtually impossible, especially with the era that we're in where everybody now wants to play in the big market and play together. So, so this is a big anomaly. It is, and if for you look the collection back, of guys that you have had yeah. to come together with the star that they drafted, and then who agreed to stay on a supermax. Yeah, if you look back at NBA history, um, about you know, if you go back forty-two years to seventy-nine, which is kind of the that's kind of my demarcation line for the league. That's when Magic and Bird came in, and that's kind of when modern basketball started. Um, if you look back there. Detroit's got a couple titles. The Raptors got the one three years ago. I don't really consider San Antonio small market. I mean, they're in Texas. San Antonio's a monster city. Um, And they had, you know, I mean, you you get David Robinson and Tim Duncan as number one overall picks, and then they're on the same team together. I'm not sure that really fits. So, you know, Detroit, the Raptors are really the only team, small market, that have won titles in the last 40-some years. I mean, Cleveland, but the LeBron thing right. kind of Kevin Love put, puts that on a different yeah, level. Sure. Um, but, yeah, man, it's really, really, really rare. Um, I, I just went through today. So check, this is interesting. Since okay. 1979, so in four, the last 42 years, you had to have – Magic, Kareem, Bird, Dr. J, Isaiah, Olajuwon, Duncan, Shaq, Kobe, Garnett, Dirk, LeBron, Wade, Curry, Durant, or Kawhi on your team to win the title. That's only 16 guys in 42 years. They have those 16 guys. Those are all the titles. They have a, they, those are all the titles. They, have, they are, have either been the best or second-best guy on every title team for the last 42 years, with the exception of the 4 Pistons, which that was like the Ben Wallace, Rasheed Wallace kind of anomaly year. Other than that, you've got multiple Hall of Famers and top 25 all-time players on these teams. So that just goes to tell you how hard it is to win a title in basketball. And, you know, Giannis is a top 50 all-time guy, but until he wins anything, he's not going to get much higher than that. So, you know, for the Bucks to be able to get there where your second-best guy is Chris Middleton, who's a two-time all-star, that's it? Pretty pretty amazing. Okay, then. Wow, that's that's good uh, That's good stuff right yeah. there. I like all the uh, 
all the names with the titles that you have like since. So you, that's 42 years, and you mm-hmm. said 16. Basically 16 guys. 16 guys own 42 titles among them. Pretty much, yeah. That's, yeah. So, yeah, you you need to rise to that level. There's no, there's you... no, there's no uh, Jeff Hostetler, right. Trent Dilfer, <laughs> Brad Johnson. Right. You know well, what I'm the, saying? Yep, like, good there, names, there's yes. none of those kind yep. of guys. There's just the there's the one Piston team, and though you know Ben Wallace is in the Hall of Fame, that was like a that was kind of the ultimate ensemble team where they just had five really good dudes in their prime. Nobody was a superstar, and they just kind of fit. Um, but other than that, man, you, you got to have a big, big, big time star to win. So we, when we were watching the game on Saturday night, we had a music playlist going and we were just watching, not listening. Um, but I was checking on social media and you just told me before we started, um, rolling here, the anti-Bucks, uh, media has been. In full force. Is it still going now that they've made the finals over yes. the last 48 hours? Yes. Yes. Um, is it just because it's a small market? I don't know why it is. I really don't understand Because they've been good for a few years. Like, why? what's the resistance now to this whole well, good team that is now playing in an awesome building in Milwaukee? Well, there was a couple weeks ago comment where Stephen A. Smith I remember and, that, and yes. them were making fun of the city. Yep. And I can guarantee you that Molly Kiram Rose has probably never set foot in Milwaukee. Just a reasonable guess. I think she's from Miami. She would have no reason no to have reason. ever been up in. She probably never even been to Wisconsin. That's fair. Um, you know, uh, Reggie Miller on the broadcast this series, I thought was it was pretty obvious he was pulling for Atlanta to win. Don't know why. Um, I have some speculation that I'll keep to myself. Okay. But um, I thought it was pretty obvious in some of his criticisms of the Bucks, um, organizationally, the way they play, the coaching. Um, I just i I didn't love that. I thought Shaq was pretty poo pooing of the Bucks. Um, the only the, the only one that's really stuck by the Bucks through it all is Ben Barkley, and uh, which is strange, but. Um, you know, Charles has been pretty pretty pro Bucks throughout the playoff run. But, you know, even today, I, I you know, Cowherd had his thing on and he had a couple people on and um everybody's picking the Suns to win in five or six and you know, now you're getting now you get the stupid takes. Well, you know, since Giannis went down, the Bucks actually won both games. And, you know, their offense looks so much better when he's not on the floor. And it provides all these opportunities for Brooke Lopez and Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. They have more space. So, you know, should the Bucks maybe not bring Giannis back right away in the series because they're actually better without him? Um, I can answer that. Uh, fuck no. <laughs> they're not better without him. He's one of the five best dudes in the league. He's a two-time MVP. And I would rather have 80 or 85% Giannis this series than no Giannis this series. Um, It's been a little annoying listening to the excuses made for all the other teams. 
I was dealing with some of that on Saturday night and uh, maybe yesterday. You know, thank God for injuries because right. you know whatever that stuff. If, I'm if, like, if Harden and Kyrie yes. are not yep. hurt, that was the probably sweep the Bucks. You know, Trey Young got hurt. If he doesn't get hurt, they beat the Bucks. Um, you know, even you go back to the Miami series. Well, you know, Jimmy Butler wasn't fully right, and blah 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 blah. Well, Phoenix played the Lakers. Anthony Davis got hurt during the series, and LeBron was allegedly not 100%. Then the second round, they played Denver, and Jamal Murray, their second-best player, has been out since, like, March with a torn ACL, and they sweep them. And then they played the Clippers in the conference championship game, and, I don't know, the third or fourth-best guy in basketball, Kawhi Leonard, doesn't play? Well, aren't they lucky to be there, too? I, I so the 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 equity in the lucky factor according to the media is not the same. Look, like I was talking to my cousin today. You could say this every year about every NFL champion ever. When has an injury not played a factor? The Chiefs last year hard to win a Super Bowl when sixty percent of your offensive line is not there, right? Mm-hmm. You know. Um, People have not talked at all, at least nationally, at all about the fact that they lost DiVincenzo. Huge loss for them. He's not an all-star. He's their fifth starter. But he's hurt. Then Giannis is hurt. So 40% of my starting five are out in the conference finals. Like, to still win that is really impressive, I think. Um I just think the Bucks showed a lot of heart and a lot of grit in the last two series. I mean, you're down two to nothing to Brooklyn. You blow that game five, and you go down three to two, and it looks like you're screwed. Um, you come back and win. You ha- and you win a game seven on the road. Then, as we talked about all the things that happened in this series, and you go back and you win the closeout game on the road. Um, even the Miami series, man, like I was, that was the one team I didn't want to see in the first round because they've had a bad history against them. They kicked the shit out of them. I was just going to say, you know, so I've been as critical as anybody about Budenholzer and I thought holiday had disappeared for times and Lopez was a, was a, a, a bad guy to have on the floor in certain situations, but you have to tip your hat to them. They stepped up when they needed to step up and they won these games. Um, and that, you know, game five to me, that was a pro game. That was a game. What I mean by that is like Brooke Lopez is the all time leading scorer for the Nets. Dude's been in the NBA for 13 years. He's made like three or four all-star teams. Dude's pro. Drew Holiday has been around for a decade. Chris Middleton's been around for a decade and been an all-star. Him and Holiday are going to be Olympians. PJ Tucker has been all over the planet playing basketball until he finally found his niche in the NBA six, seven years ago. Jeff Teague's been in the league. Like, all these guys have been around for a long time. Even Bobby Portis had his up and downs with the Bulls. So they strapped it on, man, and and went after it in game five, and I I was very impressed with that. And even Budenholzer, like, I thought they were prepared. The last two games, I thought it was as well-prepared and well-coached as they've been 
all year long. Were you surprised at the Game 5 because the way that they looked at the end of Game 4 and then the injury and then the holy shit, we don't know what's going to happen? I mean, that's a built-in excuse for a team just to just go down in the tank. For sure. And you could, you could to me, you could for, foreseeably watch them just show up and just go through the motions, be like, they're, they're done, they're checked out. Like, that is an unrecoverable mental thing. But yet, they go 180 degrees the other way. But like you just said, with the guys that they have, was that expected, or could you have realistically seen it go the other way too? Well, you, you could have certainly seen it go the other way, um, especially if Trey Young had played Game 5. I think him not playing gave the Bucks a little bit. Of, I think you could exhale a little bit. Right, because I would have thought, like, okay, you really want to stomp on him now. Mm-hmm. Get, get me in there right. when they're down. That's why I was surprised that he didn't gut through that. Right. Um, okay. But, you know, I've always, I'm a firm believer that the experience factor helps you, and... I think the last two years, the scars that have been left on Bud, Middleton, Connaughton, um, even Giannis, you know, guys that have been on the Bucks, but then these other guys, they got their own scars. I mean, and Brooke Lopez has been on the team too. You know, Drew Holiday went a long time playing on some teams that weren't that good. You know, Bobby Portis, I don't think he had, he'd never started a playoff game until game five. Um, you know, Jeff Teague had been on some decent teams, but he'd never been on a team that was a legit contender. So I think a lot of those guys saw the opportunity. Like, we still can win this series. Atlanta's not better than us. Their star's out too. Let's go get it. And and I thought the best thing that they did was, uh, and I heard somebody on the radio refer to this, so I'm going to steal it. They they went with their jumbo package. <laughs> They kind of did what a football team yep. does when they're behind the eight ball and they just say, you know what, we're just going to run the shit out of the ball. That's kind of what the Bucks did. They took Lopez and they took Portis and then they just said, we're going to smash you on the boards. We're going to try to get three and four shot attempts every time down the floor. You have nobody that can bang with Lopez. We're going to try to get your guys in foul trouble and wear you down. And that's really what happened in game five. And we saw a little bit of the carryover into game six. And then Middleton, the best guy available, steps up and has that monster quarter. And all of a sudden, you're going to the finals. The Hawks in uh, in game six, I mean, you know, l- watching basketball with you and, and learning some of the things that you tell me about the game, it it made me nervous. And, I, I mean, I have to learn how the game can swing quite a little bit and not hang on every possession. But you feel like in a game like that, every possession is big. So when you go in and you box yourself on a sideline and then you're double teamed and you don't have anywhere to go and the shot clock's winding down and you try and throw one to the top of the key and it's easy pickings for somebody or you dribble into the lane and there's nowhere to go and they wind up stealing the ball. I mean, there were so many things that I saw. I was just like, what are you doing? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, you're a professional player. We see this at the high school level. you got to know that you can't do that, you know? And yeah. then when Tucker well, hit that late three yeah, in the left corner, Susie shot it, I went, oh, my God, what are you doing? And then it went down. I was yeah. like, 
Yeah. Okay. But I mean, it, there was there was so many, and like the Atlanta was good on the offensive glass as well. They had a lot of second chance opportunities. I mean, I don't know what the final rebounding numbers were, but it seemed like when the Hawks would miss a shot, they'd either get an offensive rebound or they'd tap it and had a really good chance of getting an offensive rebound. Well, and that's that's the been the frustrating part about this team for the last three years with the Bucks is a lot of talent, lot some high end talent. Basketball IQ is a little on the low side. Okay, um, you know, and and even guys like Lopez and Holiday who've been around a long time do some things where it's like what you know Holiday will get a ball on the perimeter and he's open and he, he hesitates. And then all of a sudden now he's got to do something, and then he shoots one out the side of the backboard. Right. It's like, well, why didn't you just catch it and shoot it, man? You know, yeah. And, there, there's a little confidence of you know, uh, should I be doing this or not? So, yeah, it, it, they they are they are a difficult team to root for in that regard because there are there are these ebbs and flows with them. I mean, they come down and they make four threes in a row, right? And they go up 16, but then they kind of dink around and then they take two bad shots and they turn it over and they get a run out. And all of a sudden you look up and it's a four-point game. And you're like, well, holy shit. And that's where people say, oh, the NBA, they don't play any defense. No, that's not it at all. It's just the way the game is played now, especially with the amount of three shot. I mean, three possessions, you make up 10 points. It's just not that big a deal anymore. Right. You know, if you were down... Nine or eight points with two minutes to go 20 years ago, pretty much over. Unless nobody made any free throws, you're going to lose. Now, like I said, that's three possessions. You know, you get two stops and a steal, now it's a one possession game. And it helps when the other team superstar goes in for a layup, doesn't get touched, and then falls down and, and whines. And, and then he gets a foul called yep. and he goes to the free throw line. Well, I think. Oh, my God. God, he he and Harden and a couple of these guys are going to be in for a rude awakening next year with some of these rule changes because they're going to try to they're trying to take some of that offensive initiated contact. Right, it's not really you a go, shot attempt. Right, you, you know go in I mean? and you lower your shoulder into somebody and then step back and shoot. You know, shoot a shot where you initiate the contact and the defensive guys like. What? Yeah. I'm just standing here. There's certain situations where as a defender, you basically have to allow them to shoot it. You you almost want to back up. Yeah. Because it, you know, Trey Young and Harden both, you know, they when they come off that high pick and roll, they want to get you almost behind them on the hip because now I when I stop your momentum is yeah. taking you forward, and I can jump backwards into you, create the contact, and shoot, and shoot yeah. it. Now I'm getting a shooting foul. So that's the kind of stuff they're hopefully going to try to legislate out of the game. That would be nice. That'd be nice. Well, um, I have two cousins that live in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know whether the, I don't think they're going to be going to one of the games. Um, I mean, if I had, if I had any sort of pull with anything I'd be saying well let's fly down and let's go to a game yeah but that's obviously not going to happen but I'll I'll be curious to say I mean Nicole's obviously a very plugged in sports person um Aaron I'm not so much sure about but I would be curious to see what the overall 
excitement level is in the greater Phoenix area with all these little burbs. Well, I'm sure it's huge. That are, that are all like that. Phoenix has never won a title. They haven't been to the finals since 93, but, I mean, they've always been in the mix. Um, you know, they they had... They had a run in the 70s. They made the finals. They were pretty good in the 80s with Kevin Johnson and Marley and Chambers, and then they got Barkley in the early 90s. Um, You know, and then in the 2000s, you had Stoudemire and and, uh, Steve Nash and and that crew, and, you know, three or four conference finals, they just could never get over the hump. I guess that's what's a little bit shocking to me, that that Barkley has been so pro-Bucks and hasn't been on the Phoenix bandwagon Well, he said that he thinks the Bucks are going to win, but he's rooting for the Suns. Okay. Which is fine. I got no problem with that. Okay. All right, we'll go through, start start going through the series a little bit, because I, you know, Western Conference team, I... I don't think I've seen a single Suns game. Did they have two games with they play two? Two two night? yeah, two two one one one. one. Okay. Yep. All yep. right. So uh No no, I mean like a regular season meet oh, matchups. Yes, yes, they played two. And and they were one point. The Suns games? won both games by one. Okay. One of them was in overtime and it was a bullshit foul. It was one of those it was one of those kind of plays. Devin Booker threw himself into PJ Tucker with less than a second left, got the call, made three free throws in overtime. And they won the game. Bucks didn't have any timeouts left, but both games by one. The first day game out there, Giannis had forty-seven. Um, I think the second game, I don't think he played. But um, so I'm not sure. You take. I think. I think these teams are very, very evenly matched. Honestly, um, Giannis is kind of the X factor because they really don't have an answer for him, like most teams. But they really don't. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Um, a lot like the Hawks series, you know, the key, I think, for, for the Bucks is going to be the high pick and roll again. Oh, we're doing that again. So you've got Chris Paul in the Trey Young spot. You've got DeAndre Ayton, who's going to be the screener. Um, but he's a roll man. He's not going to step out. That's what I was just going to ask. Yep. So, you know... How they decide to defend that with Lopez again? Are you going to sink to protect the role, and you're going to allow Chris Paul that 15 to 18 foot jump shot, which he's made a living on for 15 years, or are you going to try to stay home on those? And I would assume Holiday will probably start on Chris Paul. Um, I think you may see him float back and forth between Paul and Booker, depending on who's got it going, but. Um, I'd kind of like to see the Bucks not switch that screen and make Chris Paul have to score, um, and and score in traffic, not hit, not have this distance of where me and you are, we're four or five feet away, and now Lopez is caught in no man's land. Where if I if I go out on you, you go by me. If I sit back, right. you you lean back and shoot and, a little jump just, shot. Yeah. So that's a tough guard, but conversely. You have to be able to punish them on the other end if you're going to play Brooke, and that's kind of what ended up happening in the Hawks game. We're gonna we're, we're committed to playing Brooke, but offensively we he can't have seven points and one rebound. He's got to have sixteen and five. You know what I mean? Um, so you got to you got to figure out what you're going to do there. You got to try to contain Booker. You know he's going to score. He's a good player. He's going to get between twenty five and thirty. He can't get thirty eight. Can't get forty. Um, you know, Giannis's availability obviously is is huge. I don't think he'll play tomorrow. 
I think he will probably play game two. And I'm okay with that. Um, If you could maybe steal one tomorrow without him, obviously that's gravy. Um, But if you were to lose, which if the Bucks' pattern of losing five of the last six game ones uh, holds to form, bring him back for game two and try to steal one. Um, But if if you sat him tomorrow and you won, then you don't have to bring him back until game three. Home game, a lot of emotion. Place is going to be going nuts. You're going to stick five needles in his knee. They're going to wrap it tighter than <laughs> shit, and he'd go out there and he won't even feel it. So he's going to play in the series. It's just a matter of how effective can he be. You think he is? Yes. I you... think it's 100% certain he plays in the series. Yeah. Okay, because we've gotten no information yeah. from anybody. He was at practice today um, doing some stuff. That's why I think tomorrow is a is a long shot. Okay, but um, I, I, they're not. He's not going to. They're not going to keep him off the floor. I, with no structural damage, there's really no reason to. Now it really becomes a pain tolerance thing. And is there a chance of making it worse? Which I don't think you can on a hyperextension. Um, you know, Durant a couple years ago kind of went through something. He didn't have a hyperextension, but he had the calf issue. They tried to rush him back. He tears his Achilles. So I'm not sure any kind of a hyperextension. I don't think that the ligaments become weak from that, but I'm not a doctor, so I'm not sure. Um, You need some consistency from Lopez, Middleton, and Holiday. They can't be these wild swings of Holiday has eight tonight and then he has 30. Middleton has 23 and a quarter. The next game, he only has 15 for the game. Like, they got to have more consistency out of these guys, especially if Giannis is at less than 100%, which, you know, I'm sure he will be, especially early on when he plays. Um, Again, you know, I I like the thought of maybe using that jumbo package again. Um, I mean, the Suns' backup center is Frank Kaminsky. Good to see you, Frank. I mean, the most, the biggest contribution he's made to that team this year is a, a video of him drinking beer with the fans after they won the West. <laughs> Please play him, Phoenix. Please play him. Um, so you know, if you can, if you can not get burned defensively, if you're the Bucks with having Portis and Lopez on the floor together you should be able to take advantage of it on the other end of the floor because now you're talking about Bobby Portis going up against Jay Crowder, who's given up four inches and 50 pounds, you know, or you got Aiton or Sarich going against Lopez. They're giving up three, four inches and 40, 50 pounds. So that would be something nice to to see. Um, the coaching matchup, Budenholzer versus Monty Williams. Um I think I give the nod to Monty Williams because he's a little more steady. Part of that is you have Chris Paul on your team, which is basically like having another coach. But, you know, I I don't think there's going to be anything super-duper strategic that's going to swing it one way or the other outside of maybe the Lopez pick-and-roll thing. And maybe, you know, maybe you find a matchup you like in-game and you try to exploit it. Um, but they got to get some contributions from some other guys. The Bucks do. 
I need a four three pointer game from Forbes. I need another game like Pat Connaughton had in game six where he has thirteen points and nine rebounds. I need a thirteen fourteen rebound out of Tucker and some solid D. I may even need a six or eight point ten minute span out of Teague. I might need a five minute Thanasis where I where you throw him in if somebody's in foul trouble, you stick him on Devin Booker and just say, piss him off. Because he's not going to guard him. He's going to foul him because that's what Vanessa does. He just hacks. Go in there and piss him off. See if you can rattle him a little bit and, and get him out of it, even if it's for a quarter, even if it's for six minutes. Just piss him off. So you got to pull out all the stops in the finals, man. There's there's no tomorrow. Um, I like all this. I'm excited. Strategery. It's going to be fun. I think the Bucks got a great chance of winning the title. Um, even if they're down 2-0 going back to Milwaukee, I still like their chances. Um, unless something, unless they just get blown out and Giannis is a shell of himself when he when he does come back. But you know, on its face, on paper, I, I like where they're at. I think they got a great shot. And you know, one way or another, either Giannis or Chris Paul, their legacy is as. Um, all timers is going. One of them is going to be elevated substantially. If, if Chris Paul wins the title, you're going to hear people talking about him as a top three or four point guard of all time. If Giannis wins a title, it's going to be okay. How many more can he get? So it, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun one to watch. You have, and it's cool because it's different teams, right? And different people. Is that what a lot of people are complaining about? That nobody's going to watch this because yeah, well, the, they don't yeah, care sure. about the Suns. They don't care sure. about the Bucks. The Cowherds, the Stephen A. Smiths, the Dan Patrick. Now they got to come the to guys, Milwaukee. Well, the guys that they they want to talk about LeBron. They want to talk about Durant because these guys just they wake up in the morning and they give them content. LeBron's on the court yelling at the PA guy about something that he said about his kid. Kevin Durant's constantly on Twitter. I mean, these guys there's there's always a story around him. Giannis just plays hoops. Like, they have to create the story of, oh, he can't do this, he can't oh, do that. so they're going to have to do work. Yeah. They're going to have to find where the stories are. You know. You're they're going to have he- to interview people. You're, you're going to have to talk to people. You're going to hear the Chris Paul hasn't been to the finals thing ad nauseum as a Buck fan here the next two weeks. Um, if you didn't already dislike Chris Paul because he's, an, he's a pain in the ass, you're going to hate him after this series. Just like the Trey Young thing. If you went into the Hawk Buck series not hating Trey Young and you came out of it not hating Trey Young, I don't know what's wrong with you. Because the dude has, he walks around with one of the most hateable faces. Oh. He's got that, like, looks like he's going bald. He's got uh, yes. that weird hair. I would say he's that. Constantly bitching. All day on set. I, I said during the game, I was like, he just has a, he just has a punchable face. Mm-hmm. He just does. I'd like to see Middleton complain a little less. But that dude didn't get a call the entire series. So I get it, but you can't stand back and whine because the other team's running to the other end of the floor. You got to get back. Do you have an objective non-homer pick for the series? Bucks and seven. Ooh. Yeah. I think if the Bucks win, it goes the distance. I love it. Because I think it's gonna, they're going to need... They're going to need those extra games to, to try to so you're incorporate gonna, Giannis you're back have to in. win there. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, they look. They had to. They won at Miami. Yes. They won at Brooklyn. They won at Atlanta. So, okay. I don't see any other reason why they wouldn't have to close it out at home. All right. And it would probably save me a lot of money if they did. 
Because if they if it, if they're up three to two going into Game Six in Milwaukee, whoo, that's gonna be a pricey ticket. Yeah, are you gonna try? That's and... why they have a savings account, though, right? That's right. That's what you got. It sure. For. Just, I ain't got no just kids. Don't dip into your four hundred one k or anything to no, go and do no. that. I'm gonna uh, try to get to. I'm my plan is to try to get to Game Four. Okay, it's next Wednesday. Um, you know, StubHub, they're your seven eight hundred bucks. One of my best friends is has got season tickets, so I'm trying to work something out with him for one of those games because he may not be able to go. But uh, I'm going to do my best to I, to get over there. I for hope one of you them. get there. You deserve to go. Well, you do. I've been to a finals game. It was 28 years ago. It was Bulls Suns. So it's only fitting that the Suns are back for the first wow. time in 28 years. I should go see should them go. play my team. Yes. So, all right. Yeah. Well, that's a good. That's about a. That's about a football segment. Before we that, get off that the, we normally before do. Before we get off the NBA stuff, sure. did you see that shit Scottie Pippen said? I didn't pay attention to Sh- that. Shocking. He's, yeah. <laughs> Something that he's, he did. Well, he hey, called Phil Jackson, Jackson a racist. racist. Okay. And he that, basically said that everything that Michael J- Jordan did was for the cameras, and that all the camera, all the NBA cameras the last actually worked thing. for him. Uh-huh. Well, he was. He, his nose was out of joint because they brought up the whole he didn't want to go into the game. Right. Remember that? Yes. When they drew up the play for yep. Coach, and he got his nose out of joint about that. And then Jordan called him selfish for waiting to get surgery, I think, in 97, yep. maybe, yep. during the, the season. Yep. So he's pissed off at Jordan about that. He's selling a book. He's selling. He's got a new line of bourbon out. And he just went scorched earth. Um, he called out Barkley the week before and basically said, Charles Barkley's never fought a black man before. He only fights white dudes. I don't, I don't know what that means. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, and then he called Phil Jackson a racist, which, like, maybe he is. What took you so long, if he is? Like, why, 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 why now? Yeah. Well, because you're writing a book. Um, no. But, you know, that's one of those things where it's like, okay, if Jordan and Rodman and Shaq and Robert Ory and Derek Fisher and B.J. Armstrong and Ron Harper, Kuko, if if all those guys said corroborate anything. with yeah, right. what you're saying and say, yeah, he is, we, okay. We at least need a second from somebody. But some dude on a morning show trying to sell shit, dropping that line, that's a, that's that's bad. It, but you know what? That's kind of where we are. It's kind of where we are in America. Just these inflammatory days. accusations with no backing. Yeah, and nobody to back your story I up. I mean, I, that's one of those things. I wish you could go after him legally. Absolutely. And maybe Phil Jackson could. He won't slander. I he's, think that's he's what old. The, uh-huh. But no, what does he have? What, why? For, what, why? Yeah. Why? Why drag this no. out anymore? Because. For the most part, it's already out of... You just be like, okay, fine, whatever, go away. Yeah, Scotty Pippen, if you were worried about your image after the last dance, you did not help your. No, what does he think? He's going to improve it? After that, does he feel like he has to do something? I don't know if you ever listened to Waddle and Sylvie, but um, on on, uh, 1,000, ESPN 1,000 out of Chicago, but Sylvie was on Dan Patrick the next day, and I caught a little bit of it. and, And like Sylvie said, he goes, it's just disappointing. Because that era, especially in Chicago, but if you were a Jordan Bulls fan, like that era is pretty sacred. Yes, it's revered. Yeah. So for for that's a non NBA guy like me yeah. remembering all that and be like, I remember how good and, those guys and for, were. For for 
one of the three amigos because yes. was, it was Jordan, Pippen, Pippen and, and Jackson. Yeah. I mean, through that six title run, those were the three constant guys. And for one of those guys to take a shit on the other two, that's got to be tough to swallow if you're a Bulls fan. So, yeah, that's okay. Well, all right. Now we can put the NBA yeah. stuff to bed tomorrow, um, baby. Let's tomorrow, uh, baby. Yes. I'm excited. Tuesday night, eight Wish o'clock. The goddamn game started a little before eight. Yeah, that's my dad's week. not happy. I'll tell you that. Is he going to make it? Well, he was struggling through the Hawks series. He's like these seven thirty <laughs> starts. My dad goes to bed at eight o'clock. Oh my god! Because he gets up at five. Yeah. So he's like, you know, shit. He's going to bed now at eleven, eleven thirty. Can't hang. Struggling, man. Can't hang. Old balls. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to the Brewers, who have a sizable lead, not over the Cubs, but over the Reds, because the Cubs have been so bad. Oof. A 1-9 road trip. They throw a combined no-hitter and lose the rest. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Sorry, not sorry, uh, Cubs fans. But the Brewers, I mean... What did they wind up winning? Eleven in a row. Mm-hmm. I didn't see the lineup yesterday. Was was it a was it a normal Craig Council empty the bench, sit everybody else? Did they even have enough guys to it do that? It wasn't their. It wasn't the A team. Let's put Shocking. it that way. Sundays never are the A team. Yeah. Um. But I mean, they had Peralta on the mound, who I, I th- saw that he threw five. He, he walked five guys. He had. He said after the game they weren't swinging at his slider as much. Yeah, but he only gave up two runs. I mean, yeah, right. he, he didn't score. He got shut out. So you, you can't put up a donut. No, yeah, you, the offense has to do something. Peralta, for all intents and purposes, did his job. Yes. Um, but man, it's been fun just to watch this lead grow because you not only if you can't watch the game, you look at the score, but then your second thing that you do is see how the Cubs did because either they're off or they lose, and then that lead just keeps growing. And it's nice to have the, I think it's still right now, the biggest lead in any division of baseball. I think so, yeah. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. I I have to be honest, man. Like, I didn't even know they were on a win streak until, like, seven games in. Because I've been so wrapped up with the Bucs and and then watching the Western Conference stuff. Like, I was checking, I was flicking back and forth. But if you win three or four in a row, are you really paying attention? No. No, no, because it's well, got to be sizable. Well, they beat they they swept the Rockies, and those were kind of ugly games. They come back on a couple, and the mm-hmm. Rockies bullpen was a disaster. Yes. So I wasn't really fully engaged. Then they have the 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 ten run game against the Cubs on Monday. Oh my God, where they come back after seven down. Yep. No, that was the first. Or, or no, the, that yeah, was the first yes, game. They right. had the ten run inning on Monday. Then Woodruff goes out and throws a great game the second game. And then I'm sitting there, and I'm like, okay, you have a chance to sweep the Cubs. You've got Burns next to the rotation, and we're going to start a rookie out of the minor leagues? Bullpen game, yeah. Why? So our friend that works with the Brewers... Him and I were going back and forth pretty hot and heavy that day about it. <laughs> and, I, and and even before the game happened, I'm like, look, you may still win the game. I'm not – I'm not. this isn't a, a criticism of Ashby, who's one of their top prospects. You're just like, what kind of – I was excited a, to see it. it was what like, kind of a plan is why, this? Why this decision? Right. Well, we can pitch Burns against DeGrom next week. It'll line up better. And I'm like, well, you're going to lose to DeGrom. 
Most likely. The guy's given up like four runs all year. Like, why are we worried about who's pitching against that guy? Just to give yourselves a chance rather than you know you can right. have a really good chance to win this one. So, in effect, you're you're potentially putting yourselves to go 0-2 just, rather it, than it, split. It felt like what we talked about with the Bucks, where why are you willing to sacrifice this game? Mm-hmm. I get your big picture thinking, but you have a chance right now to sweep your rival. What do we say it at the end of every baseball season, yeah. though? You can point to a number of these games where you make some of these decisions to set you up, yeah. and then at the end of the season, if you add all of them up, there's the difference in either a division title, a wild card, or a couple of games that you're out of something. Yeah. Because you don't think about it at the time, but then you get to the end and you're like, man, all those all those are something. Now. You could have had a bullpen day the next day against the Pirates. Right. You know, so it, it Ashby goes out, gives up seven in the first. The Brewers score 15 unanswered runs because, thank God, Jake Arrieta is trash. <laughs> and is washed up, but the Cubs find a reason to keep pitching him. Um, so they won the game. I don't. I still don't think I was wrong, but it worked. Sometimes bad decisions work out. Well, you, you, know? you were kind of pro- it was you were kind of proven justified because the dude got absolutely torched. Yeah. And like I said, I'm not casting any aspersions on Ashby because by all accounts, this is the next guy. What would you have banked on? Would you have banked on Ashby getting lit up? Or the Brewers scoring 15 unanswered runs? The first. Of course. Yeah, yeah. If you had to pick one, what do you think is more likely going to happen? I'm taking the first one every time. Absolutely. So I, I think that completely proves your point. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, their their bats have come alive a little bit. You know, Jackie Bradley Jr. has been hot. He's had a couple of, of meaningful like hits. A, well, he had like a seven or eight game hitting streak. You know, Keston Hero popped a couple homers. Yep. Um, Yelich has gotten some doubles. Adamas, Adamas has been I mean, on, I, on an absolute I, tear. You know, look, I know they've been trying to trade for him for a couple of years now, but th- nobody saw this coming. This He was hitting 180 when they got him. The guy's been on a tear ever since he put that uniform on. I, I played a quote from him at the tail end of last week, I think, and it was it was something about... Why is, has your why was your batting average so good on the road when you were with Tampa Bay, but you hit like crap? And he goes, "Because I played at the Trop." Yeah, it's like now every I mean now I'm playing at home, but it seems like I'm playing away every day because I'm not playing at the Trop. Right. It's, right. it's, it's like no that kidding. place must be absolutely miserable. Well, to play and, baseball there, and there's in. nobody there. Right. It's just empty. It's so just now a, it's like they didn't even know that the pandemic was going on because there was never anybody there anyway. Now I don't have to play there anymore. It no. feels like I'm, you know, it's heaven almost. But look, man, I mean, it's nice to have stars in baseball. Of course it is. You know, I mean, you look you look at the Cubs and you're like Baez and Rizzo and Bryant and Contreras and Hayward and you're like Jesus Christ, that's a hell of a lineup. Well, but they ain't got no pitching. Or you look at the Angels, and it's like, Jesus Christ, they got Otani, and they got Trout, they got Rendon, and they had Pujols. They're 500. Then you look at teams like the Brewers and the Giants, and the average baseball fan, I the only guy in the Giants I know is Buster Posey. I don't know any of them dudes. I probably couldn't name you one either. They're in first in the West over the Dodgers and the Padres, who are supposed to far and away be the two right, best teams They were teams supposed in the to be NL. battling, yes. You look at the Brewers, and you're like, Avi Garcia, Narvaez, Urias, like how are they? The only reason you any of us know Garcia is because he played ninety minutes south. 
Well, and I didn't really even know him until last year. The only really? reason I was paying attention to you him know? was because because he was actually doing okay yeah, with the White Sox. You had heard of him, yeah, exactly. Right. But it's like if you mention him to anyone outside the Midwest, I don't know who that no. is. You know, we're fortunate this year that the Cardinals again have no pitching, and their best pitcher got hurt. They've lost twenty-two of thirty-three yeah. games. Um, and you know, I can't love each one. I thought them getting Arenado was going to be huge for them. Right. It has proven not to be much of a big deal at all. So, yeah, like you said, now all of a sudden you turn around and look over your shoulder. The fucking Reds are sitting there. <laughs> the Reds? Like, I, I think the Brewers are going to win this division by double digits. Oh, my. I really do. God. I don't think they're going to be challenged at all. That's... Okay. As long Hold as on. I'm going to write this. As down. long as their pitching is healthy, I mean, they couldn't have been shittier offensively than they were in a- April, May, and yes. probably the first half of June. That's right. That's all we were talking about was the how bad their offense couldn't was. have been shittier. Yep. Here it was a disaster. Yelich was hurt. Kane's been hurt. You had to trade uh, for Adamas because your shortstop production was trash. Travis Shaw got hurt. They weathered all of that and got hot, and they're 17 games over 500 right now. So, I mean, we may be looking at a team in the fall that has an opportunity to go to the championship as well. Now, I'm I'm still dubious of whether or not this lineup can hit good playoff pitching. If you face the Dodgers right. in a seven-game series and you've got – Walker Bueller, Urias, Kershaw, and Trevor Bauer if he's not in prison. Or you got or you got the Padres who yeah. have a very good team, even though you've handled them yeah. this year, still have a very good team. But I think what is in their in their favor this year as opposed to last year, the year before, you know, whenever they, you know, went to the game seven in the NLCS, you have three starters, you have three quality and two really top end starters yeah. now. And and you have an eight eighth inning and a ninth inning guy that is a very very good setup and your and your bullpen is Boxberger can blow up every once in a while like they keep throwing him out here and I, I I'm never very confident but he's he's proven to get but you know top to bottom their pitching has has been pretty darn good it, it's a weird way to to think about it but you know if you the the three days you start. Woodruff, Burns, Peralta. You figure, I'm getting 15 to 18 outs from them. Hayter's getting me three outs. Williams is getting me three outs. I've just got to get these other six outs in that sixth, seventh, or maybe even eighth inning, depending on how the game's going. If I can get three to four runs a game offensively, and I can manage it where I just got to get these six outs, be it Suter, Boxberger, wh- whoever. Eh? I don't know. You, you, I, I, I take your, the pers- chances Your perspective kind of yes. changes a little bit, and you think, well, maybe they could do something here. But but you're right. Can you count on those three or four runs against the pitchers that are going to be of the Brewers' quality or better Right. If, if they get to the playoffs? And then that leads me into, well... Do they make a move? Right. Absolutely. When, when's the deadline? Uh, end of July, early okay. August, I believe. But, you know, is there that Mike Moustakis bat where you could say, we'll give you a Tyrone Taylor, uh, a Jace Peterson, and, I don't know, a couple minor leaguers or something 
for a bat that I can plug into. I could plug in at first or third or second, depending on what's going on with Wong, who's been in and out of the lineup, or center. Because, look, Kane's 36. Is he even going to He's breaking. He is breaking and almost broken down. Not his fault. Father time catches everybody. Once old guys start having leg problems in baseball, not good. It's where all your power is, and for him, that's where his speed in the outfield is. You're in center field. You need that. So are you looking at going, well, I don't trust JBJ. He's he's been hotter and shit. And he's still not over two hundred. Maybe I need another outfield bat. I don't know. Maybe you go get another arm. Maybe you go get a guy that I don't have to rely on Devin Williams quite as much. Or maybe I get another guy who can close. You know, if I'm if if you get into the playoffs, I mean, shit. Remember what the Cubs did to Chapman that year, mm-hmm. where they pitched him freaking every game. Yep. You get in a situation with the Brewers, and they're pretty good about protecting their guys. But look, you got a chance to win a World Series. You got to do what you got to do. I would be really interested to see how conservative Council is when that moment arrives. Yeah, because he has shied away from that. I mean, I was surprised when he let Peralta go damn near until he almost oh, threw a no hitter. hitter. Yeah, yeah. And I and like you could see it on his face. Oh, he was grinding. The, he was in the Gr- dugout, and he's looking at the bench coach. Like, oh my god. He oh my wanted god. them. He wanted the, the other to get, team to yes. get a hit so bad he could taste it. Yes. He wanted to take Peralta out yes. so bad. Yes, because that's just not. It's just burned into his brain that that's how you play baseball right. now. Yeah, even though that even though he, he played on a team with Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling, <laughs> where if a coach had come out to take the ball from him, they would have kicked the shit out of the coach. <laughs> Gonna go out and take the ball from Randy Johnson. Sure. Good luck. Good luck. Yeah, but I don't know, man. Uh, they've been very streaky. Um, you know, they lost like four out of five before this streak um, of eleven in a row. So, no lead is safe. No, no lead. We've is safe. seen the Brewers in first in July before. Yep. But I just think that this year the teams that are chasing them. I just don't think they're very good. Well, you got an opportunity with the Mets now, even though it's on the road, and then you come back for four against the Reds, and there's there's another opportunity to put some room and get maybe the Cubs back into that mm-hmm. second spot in the division, and then you got the Reds again right out of the All-Star break. So so you're bookending the All-Star break with them. You're at home, and then you're on the road afterwards. So Well, and you um, know those teams are going to beat each other up too. Right, but know? it's just nice to get those division guys. Yeah. For sure, you know, and you know, I would rather I would rather win three out of four against Cincinnati than you know than two out of three against the Mets. Correct. Yeah, you know, I just would. Um, so, um, and they and they put three pitchers in the All Star team yesterday. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. Yep, first time ever. Yes, Hader, Woodruff, and Burns. I think there's a chance Peralta might get added, depending on you know who's scheduled to pitch before the break. Well, Woodruff had already come up. Somebody had asked him that after the game yesterday, and he said something to the effect, well, I'm lined up right now to pitch then and then pitch then, so I'm not worried about it. Right. So, which which is disappointing, obviously, but you get named. He seemed fine with it. Yes. Because he pitched in an all-star Well, and he's probably looking at the standings in the team right now. It's like, why do I want to mess around with this? I mean, it's cool to get nominated and, you know, put on the the roster or whatever, but it's like, I'm going to go and, you know, try to win my team some games. For sure. And I no. think everybody in Milwaukee would be fine if Hader didn't pitch. Yeah. Um, you know, it'd be nice for Corbin to get an inning. Yeah, first time. First time. Yep, absolutely. Uh, and I still think there's a chance Peralta could get added, depending on what goes on with some of these other teams. But to have three pitchers is pretty impressive. You know, 
they said an outside chance for Narvaez. His numbers were pretty good at the yeah. position. Yes. But to me, the best guy, they, the best offensive player for the Brewers all year has been Avi Garcia. I mean, he saved him in May. He doesn't have that that nice little run in, in late May there. They might have really been behind the eight ball, and I'm not sure they could have climbed out of it. But but he, he's still only hitting 220, so he that's, wasn't going to make it that, That's not an all-star yeah. caliber. And you got to remember, the Pirates got to get a guy. Yep. The Nationals got to get, get a guy. You know, the the D-backs get a guy, so that yep. factors in, too. All right, uh, Brewers and Mets tonight, and then uh, Sunday's the All-Star break after that, and uh, we may or may not be talking home run derby All-Star game. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm probably going to be watching Bucks when I can. It's, oh, ni- it's yeah. nice that they're on network television uh, for, the, for the playoffs. I don't have to deal with, with any ballys. You just have to crap. deal with the ESPN. That's the only thing. You're going to have a lot of... You know, a lot of Mark Jackson, a lot of Maria Taylor, a lot of... Uh, She's got a problem, too. Yeah. With some contract thing going on with... It just makes me giggle. I, the I, whole I, thing just makes me laugh. $5 million? The woke mob will always eat you up at some point. Oh. You're never woke enough. They always come for you, and Rachel Nichols is finding that out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you going to watch any golf on Tuesday? If I remember... When, I mean, when is but it? Probably not because the Bucks will be on. It's tomorrow. Is, I mean, but is it like when's night? When does the broadcast start? I think it's I think it's in the evening. Pretty sure because I know Brian Anderson's doing yes, the, he is. The, yep. the broadcast. Big Sky Beggs has been out there. He's mm. he's informed me of uh, just how nice that area is. Buku Bucks up there. Okay, because he's a Montana Tech well or digger guy. Lot lot of a uh, lot of weed farms. Um, you know, hippy dippy Rogers will be at home with his with his with the lettuce that he's growing. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure that you could come up with a less likable duo than DeChambeau and Rogers. That's what I was thinking. Like, Who, I, who's rooting for them? Bryson DeChambeau doesn't do anything for me other than the fact that I'm a large human being and I just admire how far he hits the ball. But most people don't like him, right? That's the only thing I know is that he can hit the ball a ton because I don't watch a ton of golf. Right. But you don't know where it's going. Like you couldn't have got Kepka? You couldn't have got... Somebody said that. I saw an article like, where's, where's Brooks Kepka in all this? Like, I don't know. It's just it was an interesting choice, know. and then and then to pair him with Rogers. I mean, you got, with have this whole thing got, that's going well, on. But you've got two very finicky, moody... Diva-ish guys. You've kind of got two of the guys right now who are doing well as the villains. Yeah, and I get that. I, I guess in, in that respect, maybe that does attract some eyeballs. But I don't know. I mean... Phil doesn't do anything for me. But Phil's the star of stars, man. He's the legend. He With no Tiger Woods... I mean, Phil Mickelson's one of the 12 best golfers of all time. Yeah. I mean, he just won the major... Um, so yeah, he's gonna draw eyeballs, and he's he's kind of made for that. He's got a good personality. Tiger Woods, no personality. No. So yeah, he, you like to watch him golf. He'd but be too intent wanna, on trying I, to win. I, I want to hear the shit talking. Right, exactly. You know, I want to hear the banter. I want to hear the side bets. That's that's the whole point of this thing. Mm-hmm. And Mickelson's good at that. Brady was pretty good at it when he did it against Manning. So um, I don't know. I I think it's. It's kind of a cool idea, um, you know, 
when we were kids and even before we were kids, you know, the old Battle of the Network Stars. Right. And, you know, they would do, like, the track and field competition yep. and you'd have, like, you know, J.J. Walker from Good Times and Webster be on there. And you know what I'm saying? Like, it was crap athletics, but oh, it, was, of course. it was still fun to watch. Well, of course, because you wonder what these guys could do doing doing the normal things that we would want to do. So does does any of the Rogers stuff come up? Oh, drinking game. It's got to be. I, I, I put the over-under last week at nine and a half. Times mentioned? Times mentioned, even if it's just a side referral. You got to think Brady gives him a shot, right? Absolutely. You know it's going to be brought up on the broadcast. You know these guys are going to needle him about it because if you want to get inside his head before a shot and make it, like, take him out of his game, that's the easy layup. For sure. To mention something like that. For sure. You'd think, right? Like, hey... Did you know that you, I think Goody's waiting for you at the end of the, you know something like that? Yeah, you'd be like, "Oh, you son of a bitch!" You hey, know, are you something? going? You going to any of the Buck home games uh, right. in the finals? You gotta. I mean, I'm like, yeah. If 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 you want if you want a drinking game out of this, I don't think you'd last eighteen. Probably not. I think you'd be on the floor. Yeah, that's how often I like, think it's going to be mentioned. It'd be like how many times Jay Billis mentions wingspan, wingspan in, the, in for, the basketball draft for, for the draft. That's right. <laughs> So uh, no, I'll have to take a look when that is tomorrow night. Well, I, but, but but like you said, if, with, if with as late as the Buck game starts, though, you may well, be able to get probably ten holes of viewing in before true. the game even starts. Probably true. All right, um, and okay, you can you can mention this. I mean, I I saw it. I saw that the president weighed in on it. I I, I have no opinion really about this whatsoever. Um, well, I do, but I'll save that for the end. So so you can go ahead. Well, so this this. Girl, who I believe she might have broke the record for the hundred for American women okay. um, in the in the Olympic trials. She cannot go to the Olympics because she failed her drug test. She tested positive for for weed. For weed. Yep. Um, it's been very very talked about, especially online. Um. I think her mother had just recently passed. Correct, and that's how she and, said and she, she coped. she said that's how she coped with it. A lot of people think it's ridiculous that she's not allowed to go, that she should be able to to go to the Olympics and run. Um, as somebody who's very pro-weed, and it needs to be legalized everywhere, it's not. It's against the rules. I don't like the rule. This is the rule. I don't like that um, I can only go 70 on the interstate. I don't like that I had to wear a goddamn mask for a year. Shit's the rules, man. The guy in Belgrade or the guy in Serbia or the guy in the Congo, they don't get to smoke weed either. So why would you get to? And... Be, you know, because of the climate we're in, then all this, then all the race shit got brought into it. It's like, look, this has nothing to do with race. She broke a rule. It's a dumb rule. Change the rule. Period. That's where. But I, until the rules changed, you can't do that. It's just like in the NFL with you know, they had the weed rule. They tested for weed. They figured out it's dumb to test for weed. Let's not test for weed anymore. As the World collapsed? No. But until the rule was passed, Josh Gordon couldn't smoke weed. Right. 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry your mother passed away. That's awful. But if you want to run in the Olympics, if you want to run in the you need another coping strategy. Those kind of things, and and especially in the Olympics, it's all about sacrifice. You you live sacrificing personal sacrifice. Yep. Sometimes you're sacrificing if you're on one of these teams, whether it might be a relay team, it might be the basketball team. Um, but if you want to represent your country, there's certain hoops you have to jump through, and I have a feeling the Olympics are going to be almost unbearable to watch. I think that what we've already seen with that female hammer thrower with the turning her back on the national anthem and putting a shirt over her head and disrespecting the two women that beat her ass and that should have been their moment, I'm I'm very concerned about how that's going to look on a worldwide stage. And it's disappointing that... Look, if you got a problem with America, fine. Go become a Canadian citizen then and run for their country. Because there's somebody else in America that would love your spot. Of course. So I hope that that's not what happens because I love the Olympics. Do you? I absolutely. I love the Summer Olympics. I watch everything. I watch female. I don't watch male gymnastics. I watch female gymnastics. (laughs) I watch all the swimming. I love, obviously, love, love, love the track and field. You know, the basketball is always yep. very entertaining, both men and women. Um, like, men's diving and men's gymnastics are about the only two that I, I can't get into. But, like, even, like, like you know, I think they have, like, skeet shooting. Mm-hmm. You know, they have some cool random shit that will be on, like, MSNBC 9 at, like, midnight on a Tuesday. It's just cool. You, you'll never watch it. It's like, what's that one Olympic event where it's like, it's in the winter games where like you ski and then you shoot something. Oh, yeah. oh, like, I, I know it's what like the talking. coolest yes. goddamn thing you'll yep. ever watch on TV, but you don't think about it for four years. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I, I just love that stuff. I mean, some of those Olympic uh, relays, the, the swimming have been amazing, like when Phelps and those guys oh, yeah. have been in it. And, yep. you know, the track and field stuff, watching the Jamaicans with Bolt um, is always great. But I just I just want it, – it's 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 what we said last summer when all the, all the Black Lives Matter was all over the NBA floor. I just want to watch the Olympics, man. Just want to watch these amazing athletes do their thing, you know? Not have to worry Go about – Go to your press conference and talk about it. You don't got to do that shit out on the field. Right. Just play, please. I'm begging you. <laughs> I feel like that's a good place to wrap up. That was a that, that that was a that that would have been a commentary. I think if if I could have bottled that up, yeah, that no. would have been nice. You may be able to bottle it up in a, in six weeks when you see this for yourself with your own eyes during a you know the hundred meter relay or something on the podium. I've had my share of eye rolls. Uh, enough in sports where it's like I'm I'm like you and that's I do a good job of tuning that stuff out. I don't let it bother me. Yeah. When 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 I watch the stuff, you know, I mean, you know, the whole the whole kneeling and the flag thing, I just tuned it out. People on both sides were chirping at each other, and I was I was like a horse in a race with blinders on. There's lots. I of- saw the finish line ahead of me, and that's all I kept my eye on. There's 500 television channels. Nowadays, and 300 of them, it feels like, are news. You want to go watch that stuff? Go watch the news. I just want to watch the game. Yep. 
That's all I do. All I want to do. All right. Well, I hope you get to a finals. Um, we'll be talking about that. Maybe we'll do one next week. Yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how our schedule lines up. We'll see if I, I was kind of thinking about maybe just kind of doing a quick pop-up one maybe after these games. Okay. But we'll, we'll see what time they get over and we'll all see right. what kind of condition I'm in. <laughs> I may be like dripping wet from sweat from just being freaking wa- running around my basement watching these games. Who knows? But, um, all right. yeah, I, I guess now I can't quite make fun of Packer fans quite as much, can I? This is how it is, man. Yeah. That's how it is. All right. Thank you for listening. No, Downloading. I, I can, no, no I you that back. That's no, fine. Fun and subscribe. And please, we always ask you to tell your friends. We could always use uh, more downloads and more listeners. And feedback is always welcome on Twitter or Facebook or whatever. Yeah, until... if, if anybody else goes, you know, shoot us, yeah. shoot us a picture or... You know, on Facebook or whatever. So I get more than Dan's Chick-fil-A meal. Oh, (laughs) man, that was good. I'm sure the line will be redonkulous at the finals for that. But if I'm there, I'm getting one. Spicy chicken. All right, we're out of music. Until next time, I'm Josh. I'm Dan. We will talk to you sometime. And let's go Bucks.